Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Join us every weekday at this time to discuss news, spend time in the Word, and receive <coughs> answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. And now your host, Richard Case. But good morning, Kathy. Uh, here we are in the middle of uh, Easter week, and uh, we're excited about the uh, the death and the resurrection of Jesus, and uh, what a privilege that is, you know, for we uh, believers. Uh, and um, just pray that everyone is enjoying and getting ready and going through the Gospels and uh, keep reminding uh, all of us about the life of Christ and the fact that it's a, it's our gift to us. It's, it's such a sweet time to really focus on who, I mean, we always want to, but to really focus on who Jesus is and what he really did for us. And um, Dan and I were just having a conversation um, yesterday about how far really the world has drifted from that right now. Yeah. And, um, and in fact, uh, we were talking to some good friends who their daughter plays volleyball and they are actually invited to a volleyball tournament Easter weekend. Oh my. It is, yeah. And games like an entire tournament is set up and being played on all of Easter weekend, including Easter Sunday morning or whatever. And even as you know, we've seen in our lifetime with our kids, things drift from it used to be Sundays. You know, Sundays were set aside, and, and even if you didn't go to church, people pretty much respected it. And then we saw in our in our children's lifetime that Sundays got taken over by sports, and we we were really the odd man out to say no if the team is playing on a Sunday, we're we're not because this is a core value to our family. And and now to see that it's gone even beyond that to Easter. You know, it used to be holidays. You would think at least still held this, even if they didn't celebrate it they would hold some level of esteem and it's heartbreaking as I guess my point is how far often we have drifted and we've allowed culture to allow us to drift yeah. away from um, what we're really celebrating what's going on there and and there's so many people who truly don't even know what it is beyond you know truly have never heard what Easter is beyond Easter egg hunts and bunnies and you know a day to do something fun or to gather with family for meals and that's all it's about and they don't even realize the power and the beauty of what the resurrection is and was for each of us right now right no? yeah <clears throat> you remember uh, watching the movie um, chariots of fire uh, a long time ago yeah uh, and uh, eric little uh you know was running for uh um you know england uh, that mm. um his race uh, was going to be. This was in the Olympics, right? It was in the Olympics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and his race was going to be on uh, Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh, and he just said, "I can't. I can't race on." Right. Um, and that, yeah, but you've trained all these years to get this to this point, and that's when the, that's when the race is. He said, "He said, yeah, I know, but I'm not racing <laughs> because right. uh, my Sundays are to worship uh, and mm -hmm. to be with God, and that's that's how I live." And. Uh, so he had to go before the, the king, actually, of, of England uh, came to him, and he worked it through uh, that um, he wouldn't race that day, 
but that he would actually race uh, in a different race that he actually hadn't raced in before, which, right. which by the way, he won. <laughs> so, it's amazing, uh, yeah. You know, it was really remarkable. But it was, yeah, there's, there's conviction about it in terms of, um, you know, the, like you say, the craziness of, mm-hmm. you know, in a world, and again, it shouldn't surprise us, uh, of, you know, secularization, what's called right. secularization. Yeah. Uh, that, and we can't expect them to live by something they don't believe, but it still floors me that we've drifted so far from truth. Right, right. And it's really, it's really within the context of that, that, um, and this really kind of goes back to the covenant life, is um, our goal isn't to persuade the culture of the world or the governments mm-hmm. of the world to act like believers. It's rather, yeah. it's rather to you know stand up for what's true and, and promote what's mm-hmm. true and uh, and speak for you know for what's true. So that uh, when you think of somebody like Nehemiah or Daniel, um, they lived in a totalitarian government. Even Jesus, when he came out, you know, through the three years of ministry, he was living under a totalitarian government, and it was it was the Roman Empire. Uh, and, and they, they had a, a level of freedom so they could walk around and, and they weren't controlled to the nth degree, but it was basically don't, don't irritate right. <laughs> the centurions right. who were all around with hundreds, you know, thousands, hundreds of soldiers. So that um, if you remember when, when the Jews, uh, interesting we talked about this week, ultimately they had to get them to Pilate because uh, he's the only one that could execute the sentence. Uh, mm-hmm. Even the even the Jews had freedom, but they didn't have that authority to be able to do right. that. So they had to appeal, you know, to the totalitarian government. Um, and that's why uh, Pilate, uh, who you know spoke to Jesus, um, didn't what, really want to have to do this. <laughs> you know, what, what have you done? Nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. I heard you're a king. Uh, who told you that? Um, I don't know. Uh, your your people. <laughs> right. He right. says, "Well, rightly so. You're, I'm a king." Um, and uh, my kingdom is not of this world. Um, and he said, those that, interesting, there's a great statement that he uh, talks to Pilate about. He says, uh, those that hear my voice have a heart for truth. Um, and they can find the truth that they have a heart for truth. And then Pilate ends the conversation, interesting enough, with what is truth. And it wasn't a question. It was a statement. Nobody knows truth. So I'm done. I'm done. And Jesus oh. said, "Okay." If he would have said, "Could you help me understand further what you're talking right. about?" He would have kept talking to him. Um, and of course, huh. he gets sentenced, and uh, he tried to wash his hands of it. But uh, they said, "Well, if you do, we're gonna we're gonna report that to Rome, and you're gonna be in trouble." Okay, all right. right. So they took care of it. It was all, all obviously all, all ordained, but um, <clears throat> it's not to focus on changing the government of the world it's rather to live and receive the covenant within the place that we live which in our case and you, and you said it it's different today than it was 10 years ago 20 years ago right. 30, 30 years ago um, and it's changing 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 to where Easter is mm-hmm. even kind of nothing anymore to most people and interesting enough you know believers yeah we go to church but they really operate with going to the sports events and whatever right. well, because that's the way the world is. and That's what culture has gone to, yeah. Is. And, uh, and God keeps saying, well, the covenant is to live my life mm-hmm. and stand up for truth 
uh, and enjoy it. And actually, we get into that right now when we talk about um, uh, you know his his beauty of the privileges of protection, of deliverance, of of shalom, of peace, of abundance, uh, restoration, uh, wisdom and knowledge, uh, establishing us in good works. And then he says, as part of it, there's a promises attached to this. Uh, so let's look at some of those covenant uh, and promises. Uh, Romans uh, four eleven. Sure. <clears throat> and he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had while still uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all of those who believe, though they are uncircumcised, that righteousness might be imputed to them also. Yeah. Uh, so he said the covenant. Um, is to uh, bring righteousness mm -hmm. to what? To unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. um, and unrighteousness, you know, think of it really simple. Um, who is righteous? Jesus is. Jesus. And then he makes us righteous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that unrighteousness is, uh, first of all, unbelievers. Because mm -hmm. they don't have, they don't have uh, Christ or the Holy Spirit within them at all. Right. Um, and they, they must be born again mm -hmm. to get back to the place where Adam and Eve was, was to have the Holy Spirit resident in them again. They must be born again, and the Holy Spirit enters you. So first of all, uh, for sure, they're unrighteous because they don't have Christ within them at all. Right. So they can't be made righteous on their own, uh, which, by the way, goes back to uh, the need for uh, sharing the truth, uh, right. is that, People stand condemned by definition right. because they're not perfect. And the only remedy is to become righteous. How do I become righteous? Where there's nothing you can do. Right. It's, it's, it's what, all Jesus. It's all Jesus <laughs> and receiving what he did mm -hmm. on our behalf, died and, and was resurrected. Uh, and we believe that. And then, then we can become a believer. But now believers, interesting enough, can also live an unrighteous life. Uh, they have Christ within them, but um, it says in Romans that when you operate in the flesh, and the flesh is, I don't follow the king, I don't surrender right. my will to, to the spirit, I go my own way. He says, uh, you have, in essence, put to death what was alive in you, the spirit. Uh, you put it as if it's, if it's dead and not functioning. You're at enmity against God, and you cannot please God. So he says the covenant is intended to bring righteousness to the unrighteous. So that, what does that mean? Well, if you have a heart to follow, um, I promise you that I'm gonna bring my righteousness to you and all you have to do is receive it. And that's a guarantee to everybody who, who believes. And by the way, uh, he says it is not my will that what? That any should any perish. should perish, and it is not my will that my children, who are believers, mm -hmm. should walk in the flesh. Right. Uh, so he said, my will is to bring righteousness. And by the way, I promise that as part of the covenant, to hmm. deliver that as part of the covenant to who? Everybody. <clears throat> so there's no, there's no partiality. Right. There's no, well, some it's people. It's just us wanting to step in. It's yeah. us, uh, it's us stepping into the agreement. Here. Right. Right. And I'm bringing, I'm bringing the promise uh, of that. Okay. Go to uh, Colossians 2, 11 to 15, and he describes it 
a little bit uh, more in detail. What did, what did this look? What did this mean? What does this look like? Colossians two eleven to fifteen. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of the requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Yeah. Uh, so he says that um, when I bring my righteousness, which is a promise, mm -hmm. um, he says, I make you alive mm -hmm. with me. Right. Uh, so you're seated with me. You're now in my kingdom. I brought you into my place. Uh, I am in you, and you are in me, and you're living in my kingdom, um, and I've given you life. The, uh, made you alive means I've given you the life of the abundance, of the covenant. Um, okay. I'm, I'm delivering that to you, and that's what I've done to make you righteous. Uh, now, he said what happened is, uh, that you should receive and understand is four things. Uh, he says, having, one, forgiven all your sins. Okay, when, when did that happen? At the cross. At the cross. Yeah. Um, he says, I've taken care of it, past, present, future. Mm -hmm. um, I've released you from the burden of your separation from me, which is sin. Sin is flesh. Um, and he says, I've, I've removed that. I took care of it. Um, I delivered you through uh, having already completed and, and finished once and for all forgiveness. Uh, so you're, you're released from that obligation to be perfect. Um, okay, then he Can says. Can I pause you yeah, go before ahead. you move on to yeah. the next one just real quick? A sweetness. So this morning, I, I was sharing with you earlier, I was so excited from everything that's gone on that I did not sleep well at all last night. <laughs> Wide awake at 3 a.m. But um, part of, you know, then things are going through my mind and sometimes, the, you know, the enemy will just kind of play tricks on your mind. And there was, I don't even remember exactly what it was, but there was something that had gone on that I remember I was beating myself up about. Um, oh, I know, it was just eating junk food. It was eating <laughs> junk food. And I'm, I'm beating myself up over it going, God, I know this is your temple. And that is not what you had for me. I, that was probably, I was probably even thinking about it because I was wide awake, which tends to happen when now, I eat. Now, what is, uh, what is junk food for you? What is that? Oh, my body, that, that's more what my body does. My body does not tolerate sugar well. Ah. Um, I can do fruit sugar. That so natural sugars really are fine, but if I do any excessive amount, which I did, um, of of more of the junk food that's got a lot of process or refined sugars in it, um, it my body it gets inflamed and okay. I'll have achy joints, and so I, <laughs> I pay for it. And he has he has revealed this to me, so I know better. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I I'm beating myself up a little bit about it, going, oh, you know, I I knew better, and you, yes, you had better choices for me there, and in the sweetness of that moment, he immediately, and I don't often, we've shared before, I get dreams often. I don't often get visions. And almost like this little peephole that zoomed out, um, had this vision in the night of 
wood grain in a little hole, wood grain in a little hole, and then it zoomed out. And as it zoomed out, the wood grain formed the cross. Mm. And I saw him on there and he said, I'm enough for that one, let it go. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Just because I was ready to start spinning in, you know, spinning in that even. And and God just like zoomed out, oh, you know, pay attention. The cross that was that was enough that, was enough. that one it's That's fine enough. get yeah. over it <laughs> That's right. Um, and yeah. uh, and I said I've forgiven you and then he actually goes on and says um, and I took away the requirement mm-hmm. and nailed it to the cross yeah okay now um, think about the requirement what was the requirement so so much for them was living by the law the yeah. letter of the law yeah. see it's perfection uh, yeah. the requirement is perfection uh, why? Well, because God's a holy God and he's perfect. Mm-hmm. And, and perfect right. can't touch un- imperfect. Holy, right. Holiness can't touch unholiness. Uh, light can't touch dark. See that this is this is a part of the nature of God that we need to understand deeper, uh, which, which, by the way, makes all that he's done even more spectacular uh, because of it. But he's not just, I accept everything isn't that nice. He right. said, actually, light can't touch darkness. So... By definition, the requirement was such that you couldn't get there. Right, uh, right. And the remedy uh, was I took it out of the way and replaced it with me. And now you can receive me, and, and you don't have to be perfect at all. Matter of fact, you can't be. Right. And the requirement was for you to be perfect so that in order for God's saying for me to have a relationship with you, I had to do something. Well. I removed, I removed it uh, at the cross. I removed it, was resurrected, so that you no longer have to be perfect, but you just have to walk and receive what I did for you. That is still true. So it's not automatic mm-hmm. in terms of your experience of it, but the requirement's been taken away. Uh, so now you don't have to be perfect. You just need to come with me. And then right. he said, now, by the way, uh, there's, there's two other things that happened at the cross. One is I disarmed principalities and powers. Right. Uh, okay, when, when the word disarm means I took away all their power completely. Right. Uh, now, this is interesting because, um, you know, we, we still struggle with that, and we're going to talk about that in a second. But uh, disarming uh, is a way of taking away the ability for anything to happen based upon the power that it had. So like, for example, uh, my mom uh, and, uh, my, and and she she gotten remarried and her husband lived in uh, Missouri. Uh, and they lived in this little town in Missouri and literally a thousand yards from there, they had a little farm. And my mom mm-hmm. loved farms, she loved cows and all that. They had a little farm. <clears throat> and a thousand yards from their farm, was a missile silo. Oh, wow. Uh, ICBM, inter- Intercontinental mm-hmm. Ballistic Missile. Uh, that's It's sitting there, the missile, you can see the top of it. Uh, wow. And, um, and it's manned, it was manned, where there were people that would go in and be ready to push the buttons uh, in order to, if they ever had an uh, interballistic inter- missile war and they wanted to shoot a missile from right by her house. Well, um, ultimately, they disarmed him. And when they disarmed him, what they did was they just what's called took away the, the trigger mechanism. 
so that you could push the button, but nothing would happen because it wouldn't fire. It wouldn't mm-hmm. trigger. So it'd be thinking about, you know, think about the simplicity of, let's say, a rifle, and it's loaded, but there's no tr- the trigger's been taken away. Right. You, can, you can't shoot it. It's been disarmed. It was there, mm-hmm. but it was disarmed. Uh, right. Okay, so he said, I've disarmed. I've made them have zero power. Now, this is important. Think about where. Where do they have zero power? In the kingdom. Against God in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. In the world, have they been disarmed? No. No. See, they still have power over us and still function because Jesus himself had to do what? Cast, cast out demons and into acts in the church. What did they have to do? They were still there. Yep. They still had power against people, but they could cast it out or come against it. And there's some great stories of, of Paul, you know, of, uh, of uh, he was he was ministering. Uh, one, one great story, this is in Acts, uh, and I think it's in 18 or 19. Um, and there's this girl following him, kind of oh, yes. <laughs> uh, kind of talking, you know, hey, these guys are about Jesus. These guys are about Jesus. And mm-hmm. he put up with it, he said, for three days. <laughs> and then he says, that's enough. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm not putting up with this anymore. And he just cast, cast it out and, and right. you know, ends it, you know, like that's <laughs> enough. And so uh, the disarming, remember all of this is happening through the life of the covenant mm-hmm. that God said, I've done, I've disarmed principalities and powers. It doesn't mean that I've eliminated them. Right. And it doesn't mean it's, they don't have power in the world. It's just relative to what I've done in my kingdom they have no power. And then ultimately, the fourth one is I've triumphed over them, uh, over the enemy. Uh, so the victory has already been won. So in other words, um, our battles, for example, that we have um, is not about um, equal fight of Satan against God. Right. He's already overcame Satan and defeated him completely. He's done. Uh, does that mean he's not functioning? No, he's functioning. But when you're with God, he has no ability to wage war because the war is already over. Uh, right. With it, uh, and it's done. I just, uh, we were uh, just with a, a group of guys and one of them uh, had been led. His daughter was under serious oppression and uh, he was led to cast it out. And he went into his house. He prayed over it, anointed it and came against it. And she, and immediately they sensed the presence go and the uh-huh. daughter lightened up you know and wasn't so Mm. oppressed you know Uh, and we talked about the power that we have to do that but by the way don't look at that as we did it Mm -hmm. Um, because Jesus said you know they sweep the house clean but they try to come back and seven times stronger if the if if the house isn't filled with the spirit isn't filled with abiding so deliverance got to be careful with deliverance because uh, he even said, hey, you know, look at what, what happened. Isn't that great? And we said, it is great. But it's just the beginning. Right. Now, now you have to help her get filled up with Christ to keep that, that victory right. that's present. You know? And so these four things of uh, the life that God gives us uh, says that, um, and like you said, I've taken away uh, your guilt so you, you can live in forgiveness uh, you're not required to be perfect. You can just receive me. The, the uh, principalities and powers don't have power, and I won the victory. 
Right. Uh, so this all happened as part of my promise. And the key is it's available to who? To anyone walking everybody. in the kingdom. Yeah, yeah. see, everybody. Uh, so there again, it's not some people are lucky, some aren't. It's that, no, the promise mm -hmm. of the covenant is I've fulfilled this already, and you don't even have to go through it again. You need to walk into it and experience what I've already done, and it's absolute. You know, right. it's a beautiful thing. Okay, now. That's awesome. Uh, we're going to see this other neat uh, element of this. Go to Galatians 3. Uh, and first of all, just read 10 through 18. Galatians 3, 10 to 18. This is describing, remember we started out with Abraham. And okay. uh, righteousness uh, is being given through faith. Um, and Abraham was the original recipient of the covenant. I'm going to bless you to make you a blessing. Okay. Well, let's see what it says here. Galatians 3, 10 to 18. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men, though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to the seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ, and this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Yeah. So um, uh, he says, first of all, that this is all available to us because, mm -hmm. because Christ went to the cross. Right. Um, you know, again, as we're here on Easter week, this is appropriate to understand that this life of promise mm -hmm. is because of what Christ has already fulfilled and done at the cross. And he took on the curse, which allowed us to take away the requirement of perfection. Mm -hmm. uh, and he said, now the promises are available. Now, and Paul makes this great statement. Now, by the way, and he's talking about the, the blessing, the covenant. I'm going to bless you to make you a blessing. Um, he said, it's not to seeds... And he purposely puts plural down. Right. Okay, seeds would be all of us believers because okay. we're, we're the, of the family of Abraham. He said, well, mm -hmm. interesting enough, he said it's actually not to you, mm -hmm. but it's to the what? The to seed. The seed who is Christ. Just, just Christ. Yeah. He is the only, interesting enough, he's the only recipient of the covenant. Hmm. Okay. Uh, it's not because you're a child of Abraham. Not because you're a believer are you automatically a recipient of the, of the promise, the promises, mm -hmm. the blessing. It actually has all been given to Christ. Hmm. Okay, now uh, this is really cool. Read uh, verses 26 to 29, and then we'll put this together in the same all chapter. Right. Uh, 3, sure. 26 to 29. 
For if you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Ah, he says, okay, um, the promise has been given to Christ. Mm -hmm. We receive it, how? By faith in Christ. By being in as Christ. As an heir of Christ, yeah. By being in the kingdom, by being with him, mm -hmm. uh, by surrendering our will to him. So it's not automatic. Mm -hmm. Because Paul says it's not just because you're a believer. It's okay. not the seeds. It was it's all been given to Christ. Guess what? Christ gives it to you. How? Right. Walk with him. Mm -hmm. you got to be with him in the kingdom, which is, goes back to Colossians. What happened? Right. Forgiveness took away the requirement. Principality is mm -hmm. disarmed. Satan's been defeated. We know in the world, well, that's not all true. Mm -hmm. Because why? It happened in the kingdom. Right. It's absolutely true in the kingdom. So we have to choose to be living and walking in the kingdom. And, and, and guess what? If we're there, what do we receive? The promise. The promise of the covenant. The yeah. The promise of the covenant. The blessing of the covenant, which we'll get into even further what that means. But um, it's spectacular. And it's, it's not because, and this is where believers got to be careful. Well, everything that happens is God's will. And, mm -hmm. and, and shouldn't he take care of me? God says, my heart is to. Mm -hmm. And I offer it to you, and I have it ready to deliver to you. But you have to be in the kingdom because that's the only place. And remember, we already covered that earlier. That's the only place I can deliver it. Mm -hmm. It's been given to me, but I have to give it to you while you're in the kingdom. If you're not in the kingdom, right. I, I can't deliver it to you. It's available to you, but I can't deliver it to you. you know, so it's really a, an interesting statement that actually the promises are all given to him. And then he gives them to us as we walk with him on the, think, think of how he's putting this together. I'm establishing you in the work, the path of good works, the path of my work, the path of what I wanna do. I wanna deliver to you the covenant, bless you to make you a blessing. Guess what? You gotta be with me. <laughs> right, makes perfect yeah, sense really yeah, when yeah. you put it that way, yeah, right? It's really, it's really beautiful and it's so clear in mm -hmm. scripture that first of all the covenant still still is available to us because he talks yeah. specifically about Abraham's yeah, this, covenant. I was going to say this particular <clears throat> passage you can't really question that at all right? No, no. <laughs> uh, and it's still available and it's there and it's to be given um, and it's to Christ and we got to live with Christ. So mm -hmm. uh, we'll pick up next week actually because uh, we'll have guest day tomorrow and then uh, end times on Friday but next week we'll talk now well what what are these promises of the covenant to bless us what does that look like? Um, we're, we're going to try to get into some specifics. With we'll that, get into so some can, pretty fun stuff, yeah, as I remember really for this it. one. <laughs> so, so we will uh, see you tomorrow with uh, guest day, and then uh, we'll uh, see you Friday for end times. And next week we'll pick this up again. And actually, it'll be looking at, it'll forward be after to Easter. It. So hope you have Absolutely. a good Easter. <laughs> and let me just encourage everybody as we do head into Monday, Thursday, Good Friday. Yep. And, and Easter weekend um, to be intentional, be intentional with your family in yeah. celebrating what this truly is and let it be, you'll work with the rhythms of life here and let it become normal in your family to truly celebrate who Jesus is and what he did yeah, and right. enjoy this time together. So, yep. yep. 
Yep. We'll see you uh, tomorrow and uh, have a good night. Uh, Absolutely. You too. Have a great day. Yep. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.